Amen. How's everyone doing this morning? Good. How many of you guys ready for the Word of God? Amen. I mean, you guys may be seated. Worship team, thank you. You guys are awesome. We got one of the best worship teams in the United States, really. I was going to say California, but you know what? They're pretty awesome. You know, I was, I was listening to the worship song today, and it says, uh, the one song that says, I'm not alone. You know, it says, you go before me. How many of you guys know that God goes before us? God goes before us wherever we are, wherever we're doing, wherever we're going, God goes before us. Before we even get there, God is already there. Amen. The Bible even says that he goes and prepares a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. Come on. Even when the enemy is trying his best to bring the worst out of you, God says, I'm there already preparing a blessing for you. If you would just seek me in that place, you'll see that I'm already there and I'm making a place for you. Amen. This morning, I want to minister on keep following your God-given dream. Keep following your God-given dream. And if you could turn your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 4. And it's going to be verse 19 to 21. And the Word of God reads... Sorry, I got my little Dillinger here. I'm going to have to bring it close. It says... He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, and he gave praise to God. Sorry, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Fully convinced that he who promised was able to deliver. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you this morning in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, dear Heavenly Father, for your word. We just pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you remove anything that is not of you. More of you and less of me, my God, that your word will come out just strong and seasoned well, dear Heavenly Father. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody get a chance to go to conference here? Come on. Conference was off the hook. If you heard any one of those messages, I know that God ministered to you because it was powerful. It was powerful. It really was. Not only conference, but also the church services that we've been having here. Man, Pastor Edgy has just been on point. Can I get an amen? It seems like everything that he's been ministering has just been like, it's been helping. It's been healing. It's been directing. It's been doing so much um, in my life, for sure. That it really caused me to think about this and to say, you know what? I need to continue following my God-given dream. You know, there's so many different dreams. There's so many different options. There's so many different avenues that we can take in life. There's so many different choices that we can make. How many guys ever here been uh, faced with some choices? I can go left or I can go right. And whichever one I decide is going to have a big impact on my life. You know, there's so many different things going on in this world that we always have a choice. We always, we're always left with the decision to decide what we're going to do with our lives, what we're going to do with our faith, 
what we're going to do with our heart, and knowing that everything that we do affects everybody around us. And I began to realize, you know what, if I'm going to follow anything, I want to follow my God-given dream. Can I get an amen? Because the world has something for you. The world has a, already a mold for you to fit in. You know what, you're young, you should be in college. Not to say that college is bad, I'm not uh, downing education whatsoever. You know what, you're a father, you should be having a job. Your life should look like this. What you're doing should look like that. And the world has a mold for everybody right here. You know what, this is what you should be doing. But sometimes what the world says and what God says are completely different. They're on the complete opposite sides of the spectrum. I remember when I first came into the home and I graduated the home and, you know, I began to serve and began to help and began, you know, to, to learn leadership. There was a lot of voices coming out, right? From family, from just different people saying, you know what? Why are you there still? Why are you in the home still? Why have you been there for a year, for two years? What is it doing for you? Shouldn't you be getting a job by now? Shouldn't you be doing this or shouldn't you be doing that? And everybody tries to fit you in a little mold. And I remember just coming to church and every time I'd come to church, I would just hear the word of God. And the word of God would minister to me in a way that I knew that I had a calling. You know, at the beginning, I didn't know what the calling was. I wasn't always certain, but I always knew that God had something for me. Can I get an amen? And, and that feeling that I had in my heart that God had something for me always completely overshadowed and overpowered anything else that somebody else said I should be. You know, these last services, I feel that God has been refreshing some people. Anybody here been getting refreshed? Oh man, I know I've been getting refreshed. I feel like, uh, like I'm clean again, amen? Reviving? Anybody getting revived? Repositioned? And some people even redirected. See, when you see a re in front of a, a word, it's a prefix. I'm not that smart, I googled it. You know, <laughs> re. It's a prefix. It goes before a word. So you learn something every day. And it means again. It means again. So some of us are getting revived again. Revival's coming into our heart. Revival's coming into our life. Revival's coming into your mind. Revival's coming into your heart. Revival's coming into your family. Revival's coming into everything that you do. Again. Repositioning. I know myself, I could think back and I could think of so many different times that I lost my position where I should be. And God had to put me back exactly where I should be again. Redirecting. You know, losing direction as a believer, it, sometimes it's hard to admit that you've come to a place where you've lost direction. And you kept your eyes off the dream that God had put in your heart. And you begin to look at other things and your, and your direction began to go this way. And before you realize that you're so far off from what you were absolutely sure of. That this conference and this time right now that God is using, he's redirecting us. He's putting us back on the right path. And he says, son, go this way because the blessing is right there. And I don't know about y'all, but 2016 was one heck of a year. Oh, man. Right? 2016 was one heck of a year. It really was. But even through that, how many of you guys have a dream? Like for reals. I mean, you're, you're absolutely certain. It's, it's, 
It's undeniable that God has something for you. It's undeniable that God wants to do something in your life. It's undeniable that what's taking place is from God. It's undeniable that everything that good is taking place is coming from God. Your dream of God doing something amazing in your life. Right? I remember that's how it all began for me. Just thinking that God had something better for me. Thinking that God had something better for me when I didn't see anything better for myself. You know, I, I really did always think I was either going to either die a drug addict or end up in jail and in prison. And that was going to be it for me. But God began to give me a dream of, of something different. And then God began to give me a dream of a calling. Oh man, I really want to stir that up, man. I really want to stir up the calling of God. Because sometimes I see everybody that comes here and I'm like, man, that brother has a calling. I know that brother has a calling. Man, that sister has a calling. I know she does. You know, I, I said it before in one of the sermons. I, I run into people all the time on, on the street with the men's home and on Candy Crew. And you hear somebody talk about that they're called. And they get so jazzed up. Man, you know what? I remember um, serving the Lord and, and I know that I had a calling. And, and, there's, and they just begin to glow. And they talk about their calling and how amazing the calling of God is. And then it goes from a happy conversation to a kind of sad conversation because they realize that they're not doing what God has called them to do. They realize that they are not where they should be. And that's a very tough place to be at, you know. So I really want to really talk about the calling of God because I know some of you guys have such a high calling. Some of you guys are so awesome at what you do. Some of you guys have an anointing on you that if you were to just realize and accept the dream that God has for you, I mean, your life would be completely different. Some of us have a dream of family, right? Anybody come here alone? You come here alone and God begins to give you a dream. And you begin to see your spouse being changed. You begin to see your kids being changed. You begin to see things beginning to change and you see it. And you begin to believe it and you're like, man, God, that's so beautiful. I would want that for myself. And as God is leading us to obtain this dream... At the same time, the enemy is trying to kill it. Oh man, that lying devil, always trying to kill it. Right? right. right it just doesn't stop. So God is trying to bless you and the enemy is trying to take it from you. God is trying to give you something, the enemy is trying to take it away. God is trying to build something in your life and the enemy is right there trying to destroy it. And I realize that sometimes the enemy doesn't have to kill you to have you. Right? Because the very end is, is death. But the enemy doesn't really have to kill you to have you. One of my sisters said the other day, he says, if he can't take you out, he'll wear you out. In 2016, I can tell you, man, that I felt wore out. I felt wore out. And I know that it was the work of the enemy because I have a dream. And I know that my dream came from God, so I know that it's good. So when things begin to change, I know that it's not from God. Oh man, I hope you guys are following me today. Because I'm beginning to feel it. He doesn't have to bind you physically to stop you. But he binds you in your mind. He binds you in your mind. He binds you with so many different things that you never thought you had. Some things that you never knew you were going to deal with. Some things that you don't even know how to identify. I don't even know what to call it. I tried Googling everything I could think of. <laughs> You're going to see me, I'm always Googling everything. Google it, bro. 
I Google my symptoms and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm dying. <laughs> oh man. If he binds you in your mind, he can stop you from functioning. And he makes you dysfunctional. Dysfunction means you can't operate in who you're called to be. You can't be the person that you're called to be. You can't function as the man that you know you're supposed to be. You can't walk as a woman you know you're called to be. Come on, you can't walk as a father you know you're called to be. Why? Because he has you bound. I was thinking that, man, if you, if you can't function, you're dysfunctional. I don't know if I just make that up myself, but it makes sense to me. See, the book of John chapter 10 verse 10 says... The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. To steal what? You have a dream, and this dream is of something to come. It's something you don't have yet. So the thing that keeps you going until you get there is hope. Hope, the expectation that one day that's going to be fulfilled. So he comes to steal your hope. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He comes to steal your hope, and then he kills your joy. Man, what a kill joy. Right? Has the enemy ever killed your joy? Like, man, you, you're just full of the joy of, of God, full of the joy of the Holy Spirit. And before you know it, he steals your joy, and it's unpleasant to do anything. We, we come even really dragging ourselves to the house of God, because he steals your joy. It's not a joy to do anything. The things that are so pleasant to do, they're not joyful anymore. Why? Because he's already affecting your hope, causing you to doubt in what God said. Then you begin to lose your joy. And finally, to destroy, to steal, to kill, and to destroy, to destroy your dream. I realized that in 2016, the enemy was trying to destroy my dream. Because if he could destroy my dream, he takes my purpose. He takes my purpose to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I, but I, says Jesus, I come to give you life and life to the fullest. Come on, can I get an amen? Man, there's days that I would just settle for life. There's days that I felt so dead that I would just be happy to have life. But Jesus says, no, I don't want to give you life. I want to give you life and life abundantly to the fullest. To abound means that there's more than enough for everyone, for everything. It doesn't matter what comes into your life, there'll be enough for it. Imagine that thing you've been hoping for comes into your life. God says, I'm going to give you enough for that. Imagine the things that you don't even know that God has for you. God says, man, I'm going to give you enough for that too. See, sometimes we'll just settle for life. But Jesus says, man, I want to give you life abundantly. That's awesome, right? Man, life abundantly. See, because everything begins with the dream. Everything really begins with the dream. And that's why I wanted to talk today. Keep following your God-given dream. Really, keep following your God-given dream. And you know what's, what's awesome? This morning, I woke up and I was ironing my clothes. And I began to, you know, have a check with myself. Well, the Holy, Holy Spirit did, really. And I said, you know what? Amen. And I just, as soon as I said, yes, that's good for me. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I felt something change in my heart. I felt something change in my heart. And something changed within me. It was just, 
It's almost unexplainable. Has anybody ever had that experience where the Holy Ghost just deals with you and He's talking to you and you just feel amazing? I mean, it's just hard, it's hard to explain it. And not that being behind this pulpit is everything, but it's, it's, a, it's a sign. And it was a sign to me that I'm on the right track. And it was a sign to me that I'm, I'm seeing my dream again. And it was a sign to me that God is saying, you know what? Yes, you're on the right path. And it all began with a dream. It all began with the vision that God gave you of you becoming somebody different. And then eventually having a calling. And then eventually before you realize it, you begin to walk in your calling. And by the time you realize it, you're a completely different person than what you started off with. Oh, man. I'm getting really stirred up about this, you know, because when I look back, I know that I'm not who I used to be. And when I see some of you guys, I know for sure that you're not who you used to be. And it's because of the dream that God put in your heart. Can anyone really remember when you got that dream? Right? Some of you guys probably got to think a little bit farther back. It's all good. I understand. (laughs) But can you remember when you got that dream? Man, it was like something you've never experienced before. You know, some of us have experienced so many different things in life. But when God begins to speak to you, it's uncomparable. You can't compare God coming into your life to anything. It's the most amazing thing. And when God begins to put a dream in you, sometimes it's something you never even thought of. I thought of dying in jail. That's what I thought of. And then the dream begins, and now I'm thinking of other things that I've never thought of before. Right? I want, to, I want to minister to it like this, kind of slow, because I want you guys to go back to that place. I want you to go back to that place in your heart and in your mind where you began to remember what got you going. What got you motivated? What was that spark that kind of lit you on fire? And since, you, and since then, you know, your life has never been the same. And I think sometimes we forget about that simple thing when the dream began. And we begin to even think of things we never even thought we wanted. Right? Things we never even thought we wanted. I was reading the scripture that says God will give you the desires of your heart. And when I first read that, I was like, man, my desires are all messed up, Lord. (laughs) But then he says, no, I will give you desires for your heart. Desires that you never thought of. Desires that you never thought were good. Things that you never thought were so amazing. You know, being married and, and having a son is sometimes uh, the biggest joy of my life. And that's something that I never thought that I would have for myself. That's something that I never thought was possible for a person like me, I thought, you know. Because sometimes we view ourselves because nobody knows you better than you. <laughs> you know everything you've done. You know everything about yourself. Lord have mercy. Right? And then we come before a holy God and he says, I want to bless you. And we feel undeserving of it. And you're like, I could never have that. Who, who, who am I to think that I could ever have something like that? That's for good people. That's for people that, you know, haven't done what I've done. That's for people that, that have never been where I've been. And God begins to give you those dreams and he begins to fill you with all those things. You know, in this story, it's about Abraham. But before he was Abraham, he was Abraham which translates to father. But he had no kids. 
And then God changes his name even more to Abraham, which means father of many, or father of many nations. And he still had no kids. Have you ever shared your dream with anybody or with people and you were so excited about your dream? You just begin to speak of what God is going to do in your life. You begin to share with people the, the thing that God put in your heart. And you say it so excitedly. And then time goes by. Right? And then things begin to change. And nothing looks like the way you thought it was going to look. And you shared your dream. Abraham used to walk around saying, man, I'm Abraham. My name's Abraham. I'm the father of many. And people will begin to say, well, where, where's your kids at, father of many? Where's your blessing at? Where's these things that you talked about? Where's the things that God was going to do for you? Right? And then it ends up being where even people believe in you, but now you begin to doubt yourself. Because of what you see. Because of the things that life brings to you. The changes that take place that you didn't think were going to happen. The trials that come that you never expected and you never really wanted. And things begin to try you in so many different ways that your dream just doesn't seem as dreamy anymore. It just doesn't seem as good anymore. Has anybody ever been there? You know, and that's why I want to share this because I, I think we need to come back to that place where we really begin to dream again, where we really begin to pursue and follow our God-given dream like nothing before. Full force, 100%. Just following your God-given dream, the thing that God put in your heart. Because then after it begins with the dream, it continues with the test. What will you do when it's time to prove yourself and the desires of your heart? What will you do when it's time to prove, prove yourself for the things you said you wanted so bad? That day is a hard day because you have to prove that you really want what you say you want. You have to prove that this is really what I want because it will try you. And the trial is designed for that. It's designed to say, do you really want this bad enough? Abraham was about 100 years old and the scripture says that Sarah's womb was, was pretty much done. She, they were both about 100 years old. That's kind of old. I don't even think they got anything. Well, that's old. That's going to that's, that's have to be a miracle from God, right? And it says, it says this. It says, since he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the deadness and the barrenness of Sarah's womb. The things in your life that come to try you, to tell you your dream is not real. Your dream is never going to happen. It's a big thing when something comes to tell you your dream is not going to happen when you live for the dream. It's a very real day when Voices begin, not, not voices in your head, okay, just, you know, different, different things in life begin to say, your dream is too, too crazy, that could never happen for you. What do you think, who do you think you are to, to want or expect something like that? And that's what Abraham was dealing with right here. He calls himself father but has no kids. 
right? The worst is how you end up even judging yourself. You know, I really wanted to, I mean, I, mean, I keep saying it, but I, I mean, I think this is something that a lot of people deal with that concerning your dream and concerning your calling that sometimes we don't confront the judging of yourself. Because that's the hardest judgment of all. Because you have to live with yourself every day. You can't get away from yourself. And you feel the judgment on yourself. Again, what was I thinking? Nobody's ever said that to themselves? What was I thinking, man? I don't got it in me. I could never be like that. I don't even know how they did it, but that, that's not for me. I think I was mistaking when I thought I was dreaming. I'm never going to get it together. I'm never going to get to that place where God is pleased with who I am and my walk and my faith. Sometimes we even get to the point where we say, God, what else can I do? Right? What else can I do? There's a scripture that says, but when you've done everything to stand... Continue standing when you've done everything you can to stand in the middle of your trial. It says, stand therefore. Continue to stand when you're, when you're right there with your dream ahead of you and every trial that comes to try you as a man, as a father, as a man of God, as a woman, as a mother, as everything, as a wife. When it begins to try you, God says, just stand. When you've done everything that you think you can do, just stand. Stand therefore. Continue standing. Keep it up. Stand, son. Daughter, stand. Continue standing. Be still and know that He is God. Sometimes that's all we can do is just be still. Continue to stand. Sometimes we feel like we've done all that we can. But you know what? The Bible says continue to stand. Stand therefore. Stand therefore and continue keeping your eyes on the dream that God gave you. Because it's real. Verse number 17 says, it says this. It says, as it is written. As it is written. When it is written, that means God said it. God, God is saying right here in the scripture, just as I said, just as I told you, just as I told you when you first began dreaming, just as I told you then, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. I have made you blessed. I have made you free. I have made you that which you're dreaming of. Because God says, man, I come to bring life to even to the dead things. He calls those things that are not as if they already were. So those times that you're being down on yourself, God says, I don't know what you're tripping about. I already see you blessed. If you only knew who you are and what you had, and more than anything, who you are to me, you would lift your head up. And you would wipe those tears off. And you would pick your shoulders up because I call those things that are not as if they already were. Man. That's awesome, huh? God says, man, I'm, you're already that. You're already that. All you have to do is keep going. Keep going. Because you're already that.
It says, I have made you the father of many nations. And in the presence of the God whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as if they do exist. In hope, he believed against all hope. See, when everything comes to challenge your God-given dream against everything that's coming to challenge it, you have to believe. You have to come back to that place where I said, man, I remember that dream and I remember what it did to me at the beginning. And if it was that powerful then, how much more powerful could it be now? This is that he could become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. It says, he did not weaken in faith. He considered his own body, which was as good as dead. How many of you guys felt like, man, I'm, I'm as good as dead? <laughs> man, that's where Abraham was. I'm as good as dead, man. That's, that's it. There's nothing left. There's nothing left in me. And he says this, just as, as his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, no distrust made him waver concerning the promise or the dream. This is, but he grew strong in faith and he gave glory to God. And this is the thing. Forget about what you're not able to do. Forget about what you lack. Forget about the big gap between you and anything that God has put in your heart. Because the Bible says that... I'm going to tell you what the Bible says right now. Sorry. (laughs) These words are so small. I'm sorry. I really apologize. This is this. This is concerning the promise. He grew strong in faith and he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he promised. Come on, that God was able to do what he promised. Man, that should stir you up right there. God is able to do what he promised. Whatever you're dealing with right now, whether it's big or small, remember that God is able to do what he promised. God is able. Regardless of what it looks like, regardless of what it sounds like, believe me, I've been there before. Believe me, I know what it feels like. Believe me, I know what it feels like to have to come to church being in that place. Believe me. But be this, be convinced that God is able to do it. And how could you come back to that place where you know that God is able to do it? Is keep following your God-given dream. Keep following that, that promise that God put in your heart that made you so strong at one point. That made you so unshakable and unmovable that it didn't matter what changed. You weren't going to change your opinion because God said. Coming back to that place. Why? Because God can do it. God can still do it. God is still doing it. We're the ones that sometimes ain't there. Let's go ahead. Let us all stand this morning. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Sometimes we're at that place. And see, and, and God is reviving. God is refreshing. God is redirecting. God is repositioning people. But you have to come back to that place where you believe. Where you believe in the God-given dream. Where you believe in the calling that he placed on your life. 
You know, maybe some people this morning are, are at a place like that. Where everything you see is just against what God had told you. Everything you see is just against what God told you. Circumstances are against what God told you. People are against what God told you. Things are so against what God told you that you're beginning to doubt. You're beginning to doubt and you're beginning to lose hope. Or maybe you feel you already lost hope and that joy is just drying out. The joy is just drying out. The joy doesn't have to be taken. The hope doesn't have to be taken. But it comes with you coming back to that place, to the altar, to that place, remembering how awesome it was when you first felt the dream, when you first felt what God wanted to do in your life and how exciting it was and how beautiful it was and how strong it made you and how unshakable you became because you believed what God said. That's a, that's a really beautiful place to be. It's being unmovable and unshakable because you're 100% sure that God would have dreamed it for you. And it was all about the dream that everything else could change. It didn't matter. That dream was real. And you know, this morning I want to open the altars because I think some of us need to come back to that place where now we're following again our God-given dream. Where we're really following it. Man, you're going for it. You're going for it. You got all your eggs in one basket. You're going for what God told you. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it sounds like outside of you. It doesn't matter what's changing. It doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what anything is. You're going to pursue this morning there's somebody here that has never had a dream from God you've never had that impression in your heart that it just makes you unmovable and you want a dream from God you can come and ask say God give me a dream give me a scripture give me a promise give me something that I can stand on because I'm starting to feel weak because I'm starting to feel tried I'm starting to feel like I'm losing hope. I'm losing my joy. God, give me something. I guarantee you, God will give you something. If anybody here has never had a promise in your heart, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you could just raise your hand, you know, we'd like to pray with you. That God would give you a promise. That God would give you a dream in your heart. And I guarantee you, if you receive that by faith and you believe it, that God said it, Amazing in your life. Amen. God really, does, God really does see those hands. More than anything, God sees the heart. And also, you're here this morning, and you know that you need to come back to that place where you just get revived in the things that God said, where you get revived in that dream, where you get revived in that passion, where you get revived.